0: I just, you know, as someone who, as a telco journalist, you sort of feel that you straddle the content and the telecoms
1: world. Do you, do you know what I, I think it is? It's just they like the idea of being in that market because it's sexy. I think they like it's, it, it. It's I, something th- else. Yeah.
0: But I think the rationale is, I think that a big part of the rationale is this constant, perfectly justifiable fear of commoditization, of, of being a utility. Yeah. So here we are, we're just a fucking dumb pipe.
2: How come we through the
0: pipe? Yeah, that way. Yeah, exactly. that, that, ha- exactly. Let's have some control of that. It's like a water company owning the water as well. Hello and welcome to another telecoms.com podcast, third from the studio. Let's see how that goes, Pierre. he's gonna be fine. You've been upsetting the people who run the building by get, taking the wrong lift. So let's see how that goes. Um, but hopefully we'll be able to keep doing it. We, actually, we nearly didn't do it today because yesterday I felt like shit because I had my uh, COVID vaccine on um, AstraZeneca on Wednesday mm. and I felt a little bit sort of woozy as soon as it happened. But then I was all right. And then I woke up about five in the morning on Thursday. I was like, oh, dear. I started caning the paracetamol.
2: And, <laughs> no please say how, 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 how many grams did total? You through,
0: yeah. Well, yeah, well, each time you take two pills which is a gram in total two 500 milligram um, ones and i had that every four hours so i had about five grams over the course of the day and i still felt like shit
1: so there we go <laughs> by the end of the day it was a paracetamol not the yeah
0: uh... looks <laughs> like <laughs> kind of har- paracetamol hallucination everything turned into a little white pill um and then uh, I was like, "All right, okay, you know, one more, see me off." And I sort of slept all right. Still work off about five or six, but I was feeling a bit ropey. I was like, "God, am I going to have to get in touch with the lads and say this isn't going to happen?" But then by about ten, I was sort of all right. After another uh, bottle of paracetamol, after I did have I did have paracetamol about eight, but got to midday, I hadn't had any other paracetamol, I didn't feel rubbish, so. I figured I was over. So yeah, I think. And now you have the best medicine of all. And now I've got. Uh, got grown-up parents. Spons- Sponsored by? <laughs>
1: mm.
0: Actually, we've got a bit of both. We've got a bit of Jameson's as well. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which is um, sometimes when me and Ian go for a while. Like, it's really hard to get um, a seat in any of the outside pub situations. Yeah, everyone, say, everyone's out it's... now. And so then we end up just hanging out on the south bank. Mm. The thing is, there's no bogs. So you don't want to be downing loads of beers. Um, I have to keep coming back here. So that's why we bought a bottle of Jameson's. And then you didn't have a bag, so I took what we didn't drink home, and I thought I'd bring it now. Just just as well, because pass me your can. Well, B-
1: BT yeah. finished off our beers, didn't they?
0: Yes, that's right. <coughs> um, Ian thought, I'll buy some beers, and he didn't realise he bought AF, which doesn't mean punk as fuck. It means, <laughs> it means punk alcohol-free, which uh, is a bit of a schoolboy era. I just saw punk. Yeah. 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 It uh, tastes and, all right, and, actually, weapons, and, it, right. As I'm far
1: making. as alcohol-free beers go, it's not bad. But. It's a good thing I brought the Jamesons
0: back. It is, otherwise, yeah. Otherwise, you'd be disastrously sober mm. for this um, pod. Yeah, can't and you like can't that. talk expertly about telecoms without having a couple of drinks. No, right? not when you lose, lose the, the edge
1: for 20 years. Exactly.
0: So, um, so yes. So, on that note, what are we going to chat about? We're going to start, we're gonna, it's more quarterlies. There's a ton of quarterlies this week. But in a telecoms context, the most relevant is Nokia. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk about them, but there's some others. There's like Huawei, which gave it one its one data point. Sort yeah, of thing. four paragraphs, I think. Yeah. Um and uh and makes makes a real virtue out of it. Mm-hmm. Um I think you covered ZTE, and just today I covered the big US tech companies which are just
1: making ZTE was even was even less than, than Huawei, I think. Oh, even. I mean, less well than they did actually have numbers, but they didn't say anything about them. It's just like, <laughs> right.
0: yeah. Um, so we'll talk about that, and then we're going to move on to... We're going to talk about operators and content. Mm-hmm. So a couple of stories. Probably the, the bigger one this week was that BT is thinking of flogging its sport interests, or at least some of them. Yeah. Um, oh, the
2: actual BT sport, really? Yeah. Champions League?
0: Yeah, just whatever it's got. Whatever it's ridiculously over overpaid for. Oh, um, To
1: Amazon or, or Disney or... Oh, that's or me. i had ITV as well. That's me resigning
2: right. my BT Broadband contract Right? <coughs> yeah. Oh, <coughs> um, really?
1: uh, yeah. I don't, yeah. That's the Is that
0: the only you reason you have it, it? So you can watch Arsenal be... I would love to have 5G other.
2: Broadband, but it's not in my area yet.
0: Um, and then there's also Verizon's thinking of, of backing out of deals that no one could ever have imagined would have been bad when it bought... 80s, or bought 90s internet brands. Bought the 90s. yeah. yeah. (laughs) Bought into the 90s. So we're going to talk about the relative cunningness of operators getting into content I think. Then we're going to finish off talking about space, specifically low Earth orbit satellites which are being lobbed up uh, in their thousands Um, and we're going to talk about who the players are and why, if at all we should care.
1: Are they going to get in the way of people flying to Mars eventually? That's a good point. There's I always think it's like the space junk must be insane now. some sort of coordinate
0: well that, that's that's an issue <laughs> that's an issue um and I can talk actually I I wrote um I wrote about one company and and their chief their main spin doctor Dissed me in the comments. Oh, did he? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that'll be quite a funny thing to talk about. Right. So yes, there we are. And just to remind you that if you're watching this on the site, you can also watch it on YouTube and Facebook, and if and listen to it on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, and loads of other podcasting platforms. Pierre, were you going to say who our most listened to thing? Oh in fact, yes. Last week you were going to talk about a milestone as well. Did you talk about that? Or did we forget?
2: Uh, no, no, no! This milestone we're, we, we we will cross eventually in the
0: next few weeks. But oh, we're not oh, there yet. oh, you were anticipating it. Okay, sorry. Yeah.
2: No, uh, yeah. But the city of the of the month is uh, actually just London. It's it? a close oh. second of Columbus, Ohio?
0: Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. How bizarre! Yeah, no. Just these places is. suddenly crop up. I mean, I definitely haven't written about Columbus, Ohio, no, or Ohio have. at all.
1: Oh, uh, it's it like, must be some kind of tech. O- uh, our
2: audience is like. Uh, 40% British, 40% American. Is it? And 40% 20% everything else.
0: I didn't even know we were 40%. Yeah. Americans. hello America. And sometimes I'm I'm not very kind about America, and yet you forgive me. Thanks and it's a tough me. love.
2: Where's number 3? India. No, it's like a mix of everything.
0: Right. Germany, Sweden, well, up there. Australia comes up every now and then. Australia, it? yeah. Yeah, presumably people who can understand the shit comes out of our mouth
1: mm. would help. That helps, yeah.
0: Yeah, presumably uh like nordics when we talk about them as we're about to Mm. a good segue (laughs) 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 so it's still quarterly season and uh and we had nokia's which i've got to be honest covering nokia's quarterlies in the last year or two it's been a bit of a depressing affair hasn't it Mm. because they've normally been a bit shit not catastrophic
1: just like uh, well they've been loss making
0: they've been loss making and and they've always been going yeah don't worry we're about to sort it out yeah and, 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 and been losing that market years. share, and you know, yeah, all sorts of other things. and apologising for just dropping the ball on chips and all that sort of thing. But yeah. I'll hand it to you—that um, wasn't the tone this time, was it?
1: No, um, no. I, I, I got on the call with a few other reporters with uh, the CEO in the morning, and Pecker he Pecker Lund- Lundmark, and he, there was a real spring in his step. Yeah, yeah, big smile on his face. So. His pecker was up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs>
1: and um yeah and then and then, I think when the markets opened, their share price went up about twelve percent immediately yeah. and and it was all i mean it was a it was a really good set of results in fact i I, I sort of had a look past uh, the back earnings, and they haven't had as as um, stronger a quarter in terms of sales growth on on a like for like basis sort of constant currency for six years, so so I think it was up nine percent I mean the reported figure was only three percent but adjusted um, for adjustments yeah exactly yeah. but uh, but even that
0: I know. hate that at quarterly season because some people I was just having a look we'll come to it later but I was just um, summarising the big US tech companies yeah and some of them do um, like gap and non-gap or, yes that's
1: or, even more confusing
0: and I don't know which one yeah I know I have to go I, and see I, what I Bloomberg's well. done or whatever yeah
1: I mean, at least with with not with uh, the European firms, it tends to be here's a reported figure and here's constant currency. And I think constant cur- I mean, they can't you know, the currency movement is out of their control. So I always think that the organic stuff is a good reflection of where things stand. And to have nine percent growth is is really is really good. I mean, as I say, yeah. it's not been close to that for a long time. There's been declines recently. Um, and if you look at the detail, I mean, a lot a lot of it is actually driven by the um, this new network infrastructure business, which does things like um, optical networks and oh, all the fixed broadband stuff. So you might, the
0: audience might remember last week I said one of the only times you and I chat at, apart from this environment and then go for a beer after is when I sort of am um, confronted with not really knowing what the fuck I'm talking about. Mm. And I call on you, as, as you clearly know what you're talking about more than I do. Not that that's any great compliment. And, well, I, didn't uh, know
1: what, I didn't know what I was talking about. Well, this, so, so
0: yeah. Mind. well, But that's part of it, is me just saying, if Ian's not 100% yeah. sure, then I don't feel too exposed. On well, the it's the
1: distinction between IP and optical that you're...
0: Yeah, that's saying. it. And then I went and did actually what I should have done instead of bothering you and just went yeah. and fucking did my own research. And and so they've got they've got four bits. They split... Um, well, it's,
1: they, it's fixed IP, optical and something else. Yeah, well, I was just about to say it, wasn't I? Yeah. But I can't remember what the other one is, so... So
0: I was you. about to say what the four bits were, and you interrupted <laughs> to say that you don't know what all the four bits are. That's what just happened.
1: I know, I know three of them.
0: <laughs> You've got submarine. Submarine, yes. Um, so, yes, and I was like, okay, there's optical and there's fixed. Well, isn't that the same? It's all fibre? And then IP networks, isn't that all fibre? Aren't all three of them fibre, I thought. Um, submarine, at least I can understand. That's a like a geographical thing. If it's like submarine underground, it's, over the air, yeah. and something like that, then I could, you know, I can I It's can not necessarily it. fibre. Well, no, I guess yeah, not. Yeah. But that was my initial thinking, which led, me, led for my panicked instant message to you. And then, so as you correctly told me at the time, fixed is like sort of access. Yeah. Um, so it's the fibre that goes to homes and, and businesses, FTTP. FTT
1: yeah, as well FTT. as older copper-based products as well. Right, yeah, fair that.
0: point. And then optical presumably is fibre, as is strongly implied in the name yeah um, and, and that's but that's it more it is but it's more
1: for the transport transport stuff. like backhaul yeah. and yeah.
0: core sort of thing
1: yeah it's stuff like um, you know multiplexing products and stuff that you have that's not helping that sounds like I a mean, cinema it's, bo- it's still boxes you know it's not like they're actually sort of selling the the cable itself yes because so, that's someone else that's yeah, like um, it's, but it's it's kind of boxes that are used at either the, end in the transport side yeah. of things rather than in the last mile yeah
0: Right, and then IP networks, I looked it up, and there's all talk of routers and switches, well, which just yeah, made me think of Cisco.
1: But it's more to do with, you can have optical and IP, and there's an overlap between them. <sighs> That's not helpful, is it? I mean, IP's like packet switching rather than circuit switching, basically. So,
0: God, I'm getting out of depth, yeah.
1: Yeah, well, you know what, you know packet switching's like the language of the internet, as yes. opposed to doing... The internet you know, protocol,
0: yeah. hence IP networks. Yeah. Um but yes. anyway,
1: the, the whole thing basically did really well. I think it was up like a fifth or something. Yeah, so that was what growth. I
0: focused on in my coverage. Um, it was a uh, 28% increase in revenues oh, from network wrong. infrastructure business. Yeah. And within that, the big winner was fixed networks. So right. it, was, it was this access network stuff. Yeah. So clearly, there's a lot of fibre rollout going on, I would, I would guess from that. Is
1: that a fair I think there's a lot going out out on in China. And right. there's quite a lot going. I mean, that was a big growth area. So you look at their uh, regional breakdown, and they did really well in China, which yeah, they did A little bit right. counterintuitive. Um, they did all right. Given, yes, given that they lost out last year massively when they sort of lost any any five G radio work, but they but they've done a lot of um, good stuff on the fixed side, basically in China. They also called out India as a market where they've done quite well. I yeah. think they've you know there's a lot of European operators that are still rolling out fibre products and. I well, guess yeah, I mean,
0: during in the UK a, it's not like it's ubiquitous. UK, is it? So
1: Nokia that's a classic example. Nokia is like a big, you know, big supplier to open reach. Right. Um, you know, they're sorry. I don't know how much of a of an impact. I mean, I wrote about this a few months ago that the whole sort of Huawei thing has had. I, I tend to think Huawei's been a bit overlooked on the fixed side and Yeah, yeah, we've made and, that point um, very well before. And you know, but certainly in the UK, um, there there is a restriction on what they can what they can do with Huawei on the fixed side and it might even get tightened up. So but there's just other markets, I suppose, in the pandemic with people relying on fixed networks a lot more and companies having to, you know, strengthen the, the transport side of things and make sure they've got enough capacity there for all these all these people mm. working at home and studying at home and doing whatever. Then it kind Maybe of plays their hands. And, they're, and they're in a really strong, I mean, you look at, everybody talks about this dominant position that three companies have in the radio access market. But you look at fixed broadband and, you know, look look at some of these fixed line sectors and, it's it's skewed just as much, you know. It's it's very heavily um, skewed towards a couple of providers. The big ones being Huawei and Nokia. And, and yeah, you know, even if Huawei is not restricted on the fixed line side in the way that it is in five G, I still think you know operators at the moment are probably wary of doing deals. Yeah, so it, it kind of plays to Nokia's advantage, and they've always been really highly regarded in that area. I yeah, mean, that's if you were going to be taking over in this big restructuring that Peck has been doing uh, for one of these new divisions. The one that that is almost like, uh, you know, put your feet up on the table and just let the guys get on with it, it has to be that network infrastructure part.
0: Well, yes, and yeah, you know, and maybe I don't know if I was oversimplifying it, but I I sort of editorialized it as a sort of belated vindication of the Alcatel-Lucent acquisition.
1: Well, I don't know if it's belated because that has always been a strong thing for them. But, They've but always but done. But the,
0: but the but the actual move just never seemed to turn into. So is is our point that? that bit was always fine it just distracted them so much on mobile that that was why well, it's still, it took ages for the move to pay Yeah up. I mean
1: it's still not as big as the big I think it's something like 45% or 46% maybe even more it's around about that much that comes from mobile access of their revenues mm. and I think when they had all those units in one division it made it look even more like mobile was, you know, that's that's the big, that's where all the money is, and then everything else is broken out underneath. Yeah, you know, those four bits you've just named, which just seem a lot smaller. Now, in aggregate, they're quite big, and yeah. they've done quite well in the past. But, and I guess that's why Nokia's results haven't been, you know, when it's had problems with mobile, it's always had that sort of Alcatel-Lucent stuff that it acquired to to kind of so rely steady. on. Steady, it's been steady. As I mean, this, this hasn't that been much choice. Than it has been uh, definitely. I, I think you know, there's just a lot of activity in the market at the moment. But the other thing is, mobile did, did see a turnaround this quarter, I think. I think it's fair to say. I mean, I, I, if you look at the organic growth rate, I think for mobile access, it was about 3%. Yeah. And if you look back at what happened in the first quarter last year, it was down 2%. So that's quite, a big, that's quite a big swing. And I think it's, you know, I mean, they've been talking a lot recently about what they're trying to do to sort out these chip problems. And it's starting to feed through. You can see the gross margins going up as they get rid of these costlier components that they were using and introduced the kind of stuff that they're doing part in house and that's you know more more like what Ericsson and, and Huawei have been doing and it, it makes them more competitive you know it puts them in a much better position to compete in the market for 5G yeah. at a time when 5G's becoming, he said this this year's kind of the inflection point for 5G, uh, Pekka Lundmark. You know, it's, it's the year when sales will be bigger than 4G sales. So for them to be getting it sorted out is a, is a good time. Well, and
0: also like the R&D spend, that was what I said in my conclusion. So there's a lot, there's, there seems to be better margin from the network infrastructure. Mm, and definitely. then they've got the, um, then they've got the uh, not to confuse different types of IP, but the, the intellectual property. bit, Nokia Technologies, which isn't a huge revenue, but it's nearly all fucking profit. Yeah, yeah. Because it's just patents that, granted, I mean, it's, you know, I, God, I remember covering it when I was a smartphone analyst. I remember comparing the R&D spend of Nokia back when it was a big smartphone player, back when it was was the biggest. Yeah. So like 10 plus years ago. And its R&D spend was like five times Apple's. Right, and the reason it came up was like, how come Apple's kicking your ass? And because they were just chucking it around left, left, right, and centre. But on the back of that, they have got a shitload of intellectual property. Yes, and so you know, in so fact, the, I
1: think there was another one of those studies, wasn't there, this week, saying that they're
0: oh yeah, the most patents.
1: Yeah. yeah. Although talking to the company that did, the company that did that PA consulting, interestingly, I talked to somebody in the industry. Uh, and you might know who I'm referring to on the phone and didn't want to be named, but they're very much in the thick of the whole sort of patents. And, right, I can um, have a guess. And he said that, um, and, and also not Nokia, and he said that PA Consulting do a better job than anybody of doing, okay, those, uh, of, of doing those particular studies. Which yeah. is interesting. They're the ones who have called out Nokia, and we've seen a lot of the ones in the past sort of saying Huawei's at the top of the list. But Yes, um, okay. But basically... I mean, it could
0: be, uh, <clears throat> you know... It could be the
1: Nokia's paid heavily for PA Consulting's research. but
0: Or it could just be that people recommending them are happy with the outcome rather than that necessarily being an endorsement of their methodology. Yeah. But uh, whatever. Um, so, yes. So, so, the reason I mention that is if those two bits of the company are doing well and they're profitable, then they can cross-subsidize mobile. Yeah. Because one of the reasons Nokia's fallen behind is it's being outspent on R&D. Yeah. Huawei keeps defiantly going, well, we're going to spin through the Arsenal R&D no matter what the Yanks do. Um, Ericsson's whole revival has been on sacking everyone and spending... The, the cash they save on R and D,
1: and that's basically what Nokia this is now doing. is basically doing.
0: just one bloke and and the sort of aircraft. <laughs> but, the, but this is this is a, the, the move is now
1: happening in 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 Finland as well. Well, that's you what know, I'm the, saying. Yeah, but, yeah, but it helps yeah.
0: if you've got some margin somewhere in yeah. the business because that money's got to come from yeah. somewhere. And
1: it helps to be net net profitable, which they haven't been for a while. I think they swung to a net profit. And, yeah. And it, and it's it's two it's a couple of things. It's like you say, it's the patents business just being all, all sort of pure profit. It's improving margins at the mobile business now that they're sort of phasing out these costlier products, and it's the cost-cutting program. Yeah. So they've, you know, they, a couple of years ago they had one hundred and three thousand employees. They're now down to something like ninety, I think, and they're trying to get down to to sort of eighty to eighty-five in the next two it, years. It feels um,
0: we've we've both said it before. It definitely feels like Ericsson felt a couple of years ago. Yeah, um, and I remember when Ericsson first started posting better results, we were like, okay, you know, let's not break out the yeah. AquaVit yet. But this is looking promising. And then it's been sort of relentlessly, not very exciting. I yeah. think we, we said it in the last week, didn't we? Boringly steady yeah. progress. Yeah. Um, but that's how you like it. And that's how investors like it. Yep. Yeah. I think my tenor, I- my tenor is, is now up to about nine quid. <laughs> in Nokia. Actually, do you know? I, I think I've always been selling Nokia short. It's not like it ever went down twenty five percent. No. I think it. I probably. I probably lost a quid, and now I'm only fifty p down. Yeah. Let's yeah. put it that way.
1: But the, the the other thing with Nokia, of course, is the um the the backlash against Huawei, which yes. is is you know it, which they'll
0: never directly reference. You know, I still
1: think I, I still even though they're they're working hard to correct this problem that they've had in five G and 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 certainly that's feeding through, and you can even see that in the results on the gross margins. I still think there's a perception that they're probably in radio access. They're probably the sort of number three player, you know, in terms of their competitiveness at the moment. You know, it's it's Ericsson, Nokia. yeah, it's, yeah, it's Ericsson, Huawei, Nokia kind of thing, or Huawei, Ericsson, Nokia. Yeah. But and as, I mean,
0: um, that probably always remained the case as long as china keeps well i don't, I don't know if it, if it
1: always will i mean I, tommy wito who's well, the guy well, sorry, who's, who's head of mobile access is very keen to make out that back in the days of 4g nokia was regarded as the real quality player you know if you wanted top-notch products that was you know well, i that, seem and you to look remember at
0: the, do you remember like nokia siemens and all that they yeah. always seem to be having a nightmare on their numbers but yeah, maybe but they it's were just the same just issues too
1: as they've had with with i think it's just merger problems and, right um you so know, the
0: quality of their gear was always up to scratch. They were just fucking I think of fucking the I think the quality's
1: always been been very very high, and Fair I think enough. they've they've stumbled in five G because of a few things that we've talked about lots before, and they're sorting that out. But at the moment, I think one of the reasons that, that you're seeing a, an improvement in certainly on the sales side is this um, you know is this sort of backlash against Huawei, which yeah. has been going on for a while, but I think it's just starting to feed through really now with with companies doing so. Classic example is the UK, where we are, you know. BT used to use uh, what Huawei and less less Nokia in its network. You know, sort of two thirds Huawei, one third Nokia, and is now kind of recalibrating to bring Ericsson on board and beef up N- Nokia's position. And you know, Nokia's picked up work in you know other, other European markets as has Ericsson. And you know, they, they're kind of they can boast some sort of market share gains in the region. Yeah, thanks to that. They've had a couple of big setbacks. That's the thing. They've had this. Um, you know, they've had this upset in China, obviously, where they wanted to play because it's such a big market. So even if you get a tiny share, you're still making a lot of money. And they had a big upset in North America with with Verizon. Where and they, yet
0: their North American numbers, and maybe this was mainly on fixed line stuff, but their North American I think, I think numbers were pretty yeah, decent this uh, quarter, weren't
1: they? Exactly. And he said that. He was asked about North America and he said, well, you've got to remember that, you know, even though we're not doing the the 5G stuff with Verizon, we sell a lot of other things to yes. them and there's a lot of activity there. And, and they're with the other networks. It's not just... Um, Verizon in that market, obviously. There's two other big players that I think yeah. are using um, Nokia, unless I'm mistaken. I think they are using Nokia. So
0: Verizon hands first, but I am not using Nokia. Yeah, like, so it's a big Nokia. loss,
1: obviously, and, it, and it's had an impact on the numbers. But um, but I think I think they're turning it round, and it, it's it's the best. You know, is it is probably the best mobile quarter they've had for quite yeah. a long time.
0: Fair enough. So I I, I I dwell almost entirely on the fixed, but that's because. That was yesterday, and you were lucky you got anything out of me yesterday, if I'm honest. <laughs> um, so I found an angle, I thought that'll do me. Yeah, I mean, the fix was, the, the fix was,
1: was a big story, yeah. a big growth story.
0: Um, okay, cool. I mean, I'm going to move on from that, just because there's lots of other quarterly stuff going on. Before I get into, onto big tech... Um, yeah, the the Chinese vendors yeah. have have offered some kind of <clears throat> yeah,
1: numbers. not much, but mm.
0: um, so I think that, I covered Huawei's ones, but you tell, you yeah, I mean I I, th- I found
1: it. it there's not as you say there's not much detail there's four paragraphs, but I found it interesting just because it's I think Bloomberg was reporting actually when they covered their um you know when they covered the annual results that the fourth quarter of that year was was a dip for the first time in, in ages, but I never saw a specific release from them about q4 right so it was almost like bloomberg got sight of something or talked to somebody that revealed that information but this was the first clear People example with
0: knowledge of the matter
1: yeah this is the first clear example i could see from huawei that revenues have gone down and they've gone down quite a lot it's 16 percent, i think was the drop now a lot of that will obviously be because they sold sold the honest smartphone business you know this is a report this yeah. a reported figure it's not organic but at the same time they're yeah, you know, there's quite a lot of pain showing up on the on the phone side. Generally, I mean you cover this more than I do, don't you? The counterpoint numbers and, and strategic yeah. analytics and all those guys. The market share seems from that oh, to dropped. And even a lot. in China. Right.
0: So, you know, so the problem is, yeah, they flogged on her. So there's a there's a sort of year on year and sequential thing there. Um but most of the I think that most of their sales were still Huawei branded. Certainly at the premium end. Yep. Um and yes, there was uh yeah, there were, I think some counterpoint numbers, just showing that Oppo and Vivo. Do you know? Actually, I didn't know this. So there's Oppo, there's Vivo. There's in the in the UK you can get OnePlus. There's there's another brand that's just doing well called Realme. Right, um, and they're all fucking owned by the same company. Really? With BKK.
1: Even Oppo and Vivo.
0: I thought. Yeah, Oppo and Vivo owned by the same company. Oh, I never BKK it's called. I thought wow. OnePlus was Taiwanese. Nah, that's that's an offshoot of Oppo. No, um, I didn't
1: know that. I thought Oppo and were... Are you were, sure? You well, they're all oh, owned... dare you, Aren't sir? they all owned by um, Xi Jinping? <laughs>
0: Indirectly. <laughs> well, they, they certainly they certainly aren't coming out with a phone call called the Winnie the Pooh phone. put
1: <laughs> oh, oh, no,
2: it that sorry. way. I
0: got it confused. I'm oh, um, definitely not going to China now. No. Um, but, uh, but, yes. It's all, but they're all based in Shenzhen, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or just up the road, I think Guangzhou, something Guangzhou, like that. Yeah, Guangzhou, yeah, it's on the big tech centre, I think, isn't which it? Which is just up the road from Shenzhen, I think. But,
1: but they, they. I mean, that was the real pain point, was the, the consumer BKK business. BKK Electronics. I thought the funny thing in their um, earnings statement was this, uh, if you can call it an earnings statement, in their, in their release, was this thing about the network's business's continued steady growth or something. Because... Last year, it grew by 0.2%. Yeah. And if you go back well, a few a classic years, it was growing by about 20 or 30%. Bullshit, it? So what does that mean? I mean, I doubt, I doubt it's had a turnaround all of a sudden in the first quarter. And then the
0: other thing I noticed, so yes, that was, that was well observed by you. The other thing I noticed, they didn't mention enterprise. Mm. So they've got three main yep. segments. Yep. They're, by far, the two biggest are networks and consumer. Yep. Consumers having a mayor. And that's fine. I mean, it's not like they haven't got an excuse. But then they're not a public company. They don't really need an excuse. It's not like they've got to explain themselves to shareholders, is it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but they, they feel the need to explain themselves to the outside world, which is why, I mean, they don't even need to give us the shitty amount of data they give us, do they? No. Um, so I that's, we, that's their effort to be transparent. Yeah, well, we shouldn't moan, but then we shouldn't also be excessively grateful. No. Um, and, uh, yeah, and they still brought in, like, converting into dollars about... Twenty-four billion bucks. Yeah. Um, so you know they're doing all right, and their margins are still all right. They, they were talking about maintaining their margins because they've done the usual sack everyone. Yeah. Routine. I mean,
1: we can we can you know look at that figure that they published in the twenty twenty annual report about how much comes from China these days. It's about two thirds, is it? I think it's yeah. about two thirds of revenue now. But comes I tell from you China. Well, but
0: their smartphone so. Um, so even if that
1: suffered then then a lot of it i suppose points to growth on the network side in china which we knew was going must on must be
0: it must be mustn't it cuz looking at these um counterpoint numbers they just um no that's that's europe um i've lost it i've done it again i've lost the story i've lost oh. the news <laughs> um but but yes they i i know that um they are now a distant third behind oppo and vivo right which is um, so, basically, there's only three main Chinese vendors, if you think about it. If you discount ZT, you can't really be asked anymore. Um, what, in phones? Yeah. yeah. Um, there's Huawei. Yeah. There's all the ones owned by BKK, which is Oppo, Vivo, OnePlus, Realme. And then there's Xiaomi. Xiaomi the money. Xiaomi the money. So, They're that's it, really. And BKK, which sounds more like a like a, a barbecue brand <laughs> or something for me. Yeah, sort of <laughs> a brand of charcoal or something like that <laughs> but there we go um but they they're really kicking ass i mean you see oppo everywhere if you go on um if you go on uh, operator sites in the uk there's oppo everywhere yeah. and OnePlus. plus well, i just bought sponsoring what is it but my daughter a OnePlus. Well, one plus really good funds. Yeah. yeah and it was it was really marked down because it was like the the generation before when they were just launching a new one yeah. and it was really marked down it was like i don't know 300 quid or something for a fucking top end phone yeah there
2: was there nicely reviewed. I don't know so much about Oppo. My, yeah, it was, it was
0: more or less the same my, thing. My mum got
1: a Huawei one recently. Okay, that's upgrader, and she liked the look of that one. And she really, Was that wise? Before. Well, my dad was standing in the background going Chinese, buying, Chinese well, spying, Chinese spying. It's not just, it's not
0: that. I mean, the reason Huawei's numbers are going off a cliff, Android, yeah, is yeah. Well, that's the big one. You know, it's I think still quite underreported, probably not by the geek press. Yeah, but you know, if you can't get full fat Android,
1: yeah, well, she couldn't be persuaded. No,
0: well, maybe your mum. You know, I don't want to categorise your to mum as an old biddy, but maybe, yeah, maybe her, her requirements are not too exacting.
1: I think she just wants. Um, uh, uh, I mean, these days you can't buy uh, one of those old phones that just does text messaging and, and phone calls, yes. can you? So well, and, and, you can
0: Doro, but right. that's the most insulting thing. If you go to an old person, and go get a Doro phone. It's got nice big
1: numbers. No, no, yeah, she'd, she'd 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 balk at that. Yeah, but, um, yeah it's a nice. little just. just known, I think mean, she wanted that a good you're, camera on as your well. way out buying so,
0: like a Doro phone, isn't it? Sorry, Delroy.
1: I mean, going back to Huawei, I think the uh, like you say, the, the surprising thing was not not any mention of Enterprise, considering yes. that I've been the high flyer in twenty twenty. So I don't know what that means. Whether we should read anything into them not saying anything about Enterprise, but it's certainly a lot smaller than the other two divisions. But it, it was way up, I think twenty twenty results, and that's the one they've been talking a lot about. You know, all this um talk, you know, all this discussion about expanding more into software and IT and yeah, trying and to do things. And they just launched a bunch
0: of cloud stuff this week. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Um, exactly, they have. yes. it was
0: weird. You're right. It's weird. And the th- you see, this is the problem with this. Yeah, you know, it, it sounds a bit sort of xenophobic, but it's accurate. This is quite a Chinese approach to sort of semi transparency. We're going to pretend to be transparent, but only tell you some stuff. Problem with that is, you know, and I God, I've I've had this conversation. In fact, I've had this conversation with Huawei's um, PR people. Do you remember I mentioned um, a few weeks ago? Um, we were talking about their numbers and how they'd still managed to maintain a really great sort of margin in spite of everything. Yeah. And then I just looked in there in what they published—that stuff that was properly audited. Yeah. And I saw that they paid half the tax they did the previous year, and I just—I I didn't even editorialise that. I went, "Well, that's one way to keep your margins up." And um, and Huawei's sort of PR people were a bit like, oh, "What are you trying to say?" Uh, and yeah, you could tell they were a little bit like all right scott yeah um, and i and i just said look if you're going to because the thing is they didn't they didn't annotate it there's this halving of tax and i'm sure there's perfectly good reasons for it but then they didn't explain it if they just had a little asterisk going yeah we pay half the tax cuz uh, we wrote yeah, off yeah yeah
1: we wrote off some shit that got well and then off. when they complained to you they didn't explain it either so
0: yeah well quite and so this is this is back to this thing now They've gone and been semi-transparent and told us some numbers, but left some out. Yeah. So that makes us speculate. And, of course, you're always going to speculate that if they don't say something, there must be something broken. Well, I
1: think my Huawei pieces are usually just sort of 50% speculation. And, well, I, mean, yes. I do a lot of speculating in stories anyway, but um, <laughs> <Me too. laughs> but uh, there's a lot of speculation. laugh. There's a lot more speculation with Huawei stories. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, actually, the net income was up even more, I think, wasn't it, this time? I mean, part of that was because they had this big patents payment, you're which right. they haven't... Um, uh, yes, because they've started charging for the um, for the royalties but, in a way. Yeah, even that,
0: even that I don't get. You don't just suddenly start charging for shit and everyone pays up. Yes, yeah. I mean, they must have always been charging for it. They just they're just trying to elevate it in their accounts. Yeah, yeah. You can't just go from it's not a switch.
1: No. Well, I think one of the one of the things that's that's helped them a bit on the um, profitability side is is just cost cutting. I mean, we you know you look at the results in previous years and they always seem to be this company that grows massively and has thousands more employees every year but if you if you cut out r&d which they're obviously investing in a lot and have sort of ring fenced yeah the rest of the organisation has lost loads of employees yeah. i think staff numbers are down 6 or 7000 i think last year i mean it's a big company it's well, you know, they had to. It's, it's i mean you know talking about a, a, a company with what 190000 employees altogether but you take you a lot of most those. most of them will be quite most of those are r&d well. now apparently right Like I think over half of the employees are counted as R and D employees. Wow. So if you take those out and then you look at this drop that's happened outside R and D, it's quite a big chunk of the workforce that's gone because if you're in like marketing or whatever. And they've obviously said, look, we need to keep the R and D focused because Otherwise, China's going to fall behind the US technologically. Not that, that Huawei's strategy is in any this. way
0: aligned <laughs> with that of the Chinese state. We we must hasten. Of course to not.
1: Um, and 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 they're trying to cut in other areas. But uh, you you wonder how much that's going to hurt them though, in a way, because they've always. I mean, maybe maybe Europe's not as much of a consideration anymore now because they're sort of getting booted out. I mean, there was even a story today that I think Mary wrote about about a Telecom Italia yeah, turning away from them. So. You know, I'd, I'd still think that things aren't good for them at all in that region. Um, and then maybe they're always going to get work in China. It's not like they have to market things there. Um, yes. You, you just get it. Um, you just, you, the only marketing
0: you need to do is have a, so maybe have a they direct can, line to Yeah, maybe they can get the rid of a
1: huge, a huge amount of the marketing and sales function they've had simply because they're sort yes. of saying, well, we, we, don't, we, we don't want to well, win I working think I mean, Like my
0: experience, like even when – you remember when we went to um, Wujian? mm and um, we were being sort of looked after by uh, a lady who worked in marketing called Nicole. That was her sort of anglicised name. Yeah. God knows what her... I'd love to be able to read Chinese. It's just so cool. Well,
1: what's Cheryl's... Ne- Cheryl, who we deal with... Uh, yeah, she's got... Her, a, her proper name's got X's in it. Sh- Shubaija or something. something like but that, I, yeah. I, I, yeah.
0: Anyway, and Nicole... But then chatting to her... Um, yeah, they, they sort of, you know, they like a rotate yeah. in China. So she was in, like, marketing and PR then, but she'd been, like, a boffin before, and she was really sort of highly credentialed. And she was just happened to be in a sort of marketing and PR phase of her career. Right. So it's not just like, you know, a dilettante who's just, you know, as a graduate, just thought, fuck it, I'll give PR a The go.
1: marketing people have got PhDs as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly.
0: I mean, <laughs> but, but the flip side is presumably, you know, as, as they obviously employ quite highly credentialed people, even for looking after idiot english journalists (laughs) um their wage bill is probably quite high across the board yeah so yeah that was just my guess there and what about zt so i didn't look at that
1: so um well they're 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 lapping it up basically they're doing all right they're they're the fastest growing vendor in the world wow 5g vendor um and is
0: are they nearly all china
1: yeah, I mean, I, you have to speculate even more with ZTE because all they put out literally was the documents, you know, the accounts. So you've got the asset, the balance sheet, the P and L no, statement. There was no no breakdown. there was no commentary at all. Right. Uh, so you could see you could see sales. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of footnotes about specific things that have happened, but there was no mention of how the carrier business has done, how the consumer business has done. This is why this has happened. Yeah. There was none of that at all. Um, certainly not that I could see. In, and they've got English. they've got a
0: big fixed line thing going on as well, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, I
1: think. Well, I think what's happened with them is, um, you know, they've had they've had their tough times because of U.S. sanctions in 2018. You know, they were on the entertainment. All these the Chinese vendors the have entities.
0: got their U.S. war stories. Yeah, they and, sit around and, a campfire. Go, oh, I've
1: seen some shit, man. Yeah, they. I mean, so it was. You know, they were the they were kind of the warm up act for Huawei. Almost, we didn't realize yes. that Huawei was going to end up going the same way, but it affected them a lot worse. For different issues, but yeah. Because yeah, for different issues. So this is the interesting thing uh, to me. They they were um, accused of, and, and almost owned up to it actually because they agreed to pay fines. But they oh, they it's were it's said a to cop. Have, have sold gear in Iran and North Korea. So
0: their their thing yeah. is more to do with the um, the Meng.
1: Yeah, blah, blah, very blah. much so. Yeah, but yeah. at the same time. The reason, the justification for having Huawei on the entity list is that it's a national security threat because the Chinese government could use yeah. its products to spy. So why isn't ZTE? So why isn't ZTE, which has much closer links to the Chinese military, on yeah. that list? It doesn't, it's a complete contradiction. It, yeah. There's no coherence.
0: And as but, you've said before, why is fixed line all right but not mobile? It's yeah, exactly. It's completely incoherent. But the
1: fact they're not on it, I think, is, you know, they obviously couldn't operate when they were, when they were on it because they were even more dependent well, on the, the US there was technology. There time we thought they were going to be Oh, they almost went out under. of business. Yeah. They're really dependent on a lot of US-like companies uh, uh, component firms and they don't have an equivalent as i understand it they don't have an equivalent of high silicon or anything like that no so they really need access to us technology you put them on that list it finishes them off you take them off it they can kind of carry on and because they're not on it they've been able to carry on now i'm speculating but i think one of the reasons their sales i think were up something like a fifth which is quite a lot and their profits went up a lot as well they've done very well in china like huawei on the network side um, they're a lot more dependent on networks than they are on consumer and enterprise. I think yeah. networks is most of their business. It's like three quarters well, or something. I mean,
0: they used to be a player in smartphones, but yeah. they haven't been for a, and, at least a few years. And they've
1: never really had the same exposure to Western markets that Huawei has. I know they've got a few deals in Europe, but they're not a big player in Europe at all. They've never really been used in the UK. You know, there's you look at their deals in, the, in, in Europe, and the biggest customer they seem to have is uh, the three group. Right, um, where they they do work in Italy and a few other countries, but they're not a big they're not a big company, so they didn't have as much to lose from this pushback against the Chinese as yep. Huawei did. So I think they've just done very well out of continued just work in China, basically, yep. and and probably in some other markets where they've not had. Um, restrictions like African markets. They're very big in Africa, aren't they, ZTE? Yep. And a lot of that those countries have not seen a reason to, to ban the Chinese. Well, so that's my speculation. But yeah, I well, I think that's know. fair
0: enough. And, and just anywhere where, where the politics don't creep in. Mm. So, you know, a lot of Latin America, for example, will probably, they'll do things just because America says don't. Yeah. I think mean, people don't understand, you know, the, the deep-seated sort of cultural friction there is between Latin America and, and the US. Completely. Uh, thanks to war on drugs and all that sort of thing. Um, and then you've got all of Africa. Middle East will just do what they want. Yep. Um, I have some other Asian markets like where a, they can you know, Places like Iran, obviously, yeah. although notwithstanding all the agro that's happened there. But but um, they're very
1: good technologically. I mean, I talked to... Um, there's a guy called Arnold Van Paris who you might have interviewed or met at times. He, he works for Orange. He's the five, top 5G five guy. He's, He's basically right. he senior like a, vice president. Sounds like of, he should
0: be in action films
1: yeah he does yeah <laughs> um but he's he's like basically they one of their top radio uh, people um and does a lot of press um interviews as well and i talked to him a couple of years ago about zte and he was really complimentary about yeah. the quality of their products in fact i think orange still uses them in spain so they're one of the well, they're yeah. one of the few operators that does use zte in europe uh to a limited extent i think but he said they're they're pro- you know quality wise they're very very good they're very highly regarded. Yeah. Um, yeah,
0: well, all things so, all things being even, um, the Chinese will still be kicking everyone else's ass because yeah. the you know how they got there is another story. Yeah, but quality's high, after sales so is high, all that stuff. They they were they were definitely giving Nokia and and Ericsson a fucking major run for their they money were, a few yeah. years ago. Okay, um, I think we've already been talking about forty minutes, so I'm just going to uh, just talk about the big US tech giants only covered them in the context there's a there's a canalist um, set of data that came out today they're another um, analyst company and they were talking about um, what they call the cloud infrastructure services which I will call which may or may not be accurate public cloud providers mainly because the the main people are AWS Azure and Google Cloud
1: yeah
0: and how um, that whole market globally grew thirty five percent year on year, hitting forty one point eight billion dollars.
1: That's pretty good.
0: And yeah, and actually, you know, some of their some of their commentary was like, "Well, you know, coronavirus and everyone's having to digitally transform." But actually, they've got a chart that talks about the growth rate, and the growth rate, I mean, was higher. Well, obviously, you know, growth rates are always going to be higher from a from a lower starting point. Yeah. But the growth rate was like 40-odd percent back in 2018, and now it's 35%. It's just been really steady, yeah. just growing like shit yeah. um, uh, to this height. And then within that, AWS has 32% of it. Um, Azure is 19%. This is all canalis numbers. And Google Cloud has 7%, and then 42 is everyone else. So basically...
1: The 42%, i am guessing, a lot of that is Chinese people as well. Could is be. I mean, it depends. Numbers? I didn't... You know, I didn't read their or- uh,
0: bit of methodology and how they define the market, um, but you know there was one. There was one bit where um, uh, one of their analysts said it is not just a contest between the cloud service providers, but also a race with the on-premises infrastructure vendors such as Dell, HP, right, and Lenovo, which established competitive as a service offerings. And I sort of went, well, it's looking like public clouds winning that race, but <laughs> yeah. ma- but maybe but maybe they're in the forty two percent. Yeah, I mean, well. I, I
1: don't see I don't see any hope for anybody in that market. You know, apart from the Chinese companies, where they're in a kind of different game because they're serving China and that's big enough. It's like Huawei in you know in five G in China. Mm. I think. Um, yeah, I don't see anybody, anybody really being able to take well, on the I, AWSs and the Google Clouds.
0: No, well, so the only good news, so you and I both agree that we're sort of appalled at not just the size of them. Because, you know, my, my right of centre free market sensibilities always tell me not to um, disapprove of success. It's yeah, just because a company's doing really well. Yeah. Are we supposed to, are we supposed to applaud enterprise, applaud hard work, applaud um, getting off your ass and, and create, generating wealth? But then if you do too well, go, whoa, whoa, yeah. that was too much. So ideologically, it creates paradoxes for me. Yeah. But then on the flip side, you know, as I've referred to Adam Smith loads of times in the past, when companies do have a monopoly or an oligopoly, then they start distorting markets. And that's our concern. I mean, it, you know, one consolation is at least within this oligopoly, the other two are growing faster. Um, uh, so um, but, 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 so AWS grew, uh, th- grew thirty-two percent again. They like the number thirty-two percent. But Azure grew fifty percent, and Google fifty-six percent. Right. So at least there's a bit of jostling for position there. Yeah. It's not all just AWS. It's just that every time we cover it, it seems like like a telco has just gone. Fuck it, AWS. You you do all our stuff for us. Yeah,
1: and and, and it hasn't happened that much in telco at the moment. It's coming, I think. And the the big deal that we talked about before was the yeah. dish one, dish think, one last yeah. week. But I think it's um, it's not. You know, we don't we don't write about what other sectors are doing in terms of the public cloud. But no. I think that transition's been going on in some of them for a long time. And um, I mean, it, I I was on a call with um, Orange's CTO. Uh, about a week ago and and someone, not me and, and it was one of those questions that gets submitted by someone typing it in and it just got read out by the PR people so you couldn't tell who it was but someone asked the question what's your feelings about the public cloud players and what, what would you give them and what do you, would you hold back for yourself And and he basically said well you know, and when he's talking about the edge specifically we, we have to recognise that we can't compete against them they're just too good you know is essentially what he was what what and he certainly when well. it
0: comes to like price
1: yeah it's like a recognition you could compete that you, but you'd be paying because over the odds people like me are always saying you know pointing out that years ago telcos had wanted to yeah. Yeah, well, real aspirations as, God, to I think as recently as a year is or two ago like, edge, I remember yeah.
0: going back when we
1: were allowed to have a yeah. physical events and then all of a sudden all these deals are being struck with AWS and Google Cloud and it's like it's a big game a big, over a big flow of these deals have been announced in the last year across they're Europe throwing in the towel. and it's just like we can't what can we do they're the guys that have all the expertise they have all the AI it stuff. is what it they is have, yeah. well yes but, and
0: you know you can only swim against the tide for so long it's just yeah, a bit like sad. Your,
1: uh, your spreadsheet, by the way, that you uh, Oh, yeah, mentioned.
0: so I was just, just going to mention yeah. that. So, I, you know, I was thinking about writing this stuff up during the week. I, I, I'm i generally not a fan of writing up quarterlies, whether it's operators. I, I'll, I'll always do ven- big vendors. Yeah. But operators, not so much, and big tech companies, not so much. It, basically, of, often we cover these just because there's not much going on, and We we sort of fuck it, we'll do some quarterlies. Yeah. But, you know, we all know the drill. Um, But I'd been aware of them. I just hadn't covered them. And then this... Canalist thing came up, and it gave me an excuse to just quickly collate numbers of the big five. So, you know, we've been talking about how FANG doesn't really work because no one cares about Netflix. Yeah. But you can't say FANG without an N, because <laughs> then you get in trouble. And then you've got to have Microsoft in there. So now you've got two A's, a G and M and F. So there's a sort yeah, of Scrabble quite, yeah, thing. Yeah,
1: Microsoft is... Uh, I've never thought about that, actually. Well, they've it got to be, be in FANG, there. shouldn't it, really?
0: Well, yeah, or sort of GAMAF... Is that one that people use? No, I'm just wondering. I'm just doing, I'm just doing, um, not acronyms. What's the word? Anagrams.
1: I think First, Fang's rubbish, actually. Yeah, fuck off. Like you so say, no one cares about Netflix.
0: Exactly. So we got, we could, we could have Gammaf. We can't have, we can't have F A G. That's what we know we're not allowed. But we can have Gammaf. We can have, mag- Magaf sounds good. Mag- magaf.
2: MAGAF? Make
0: we have Magus America Magus? great as fuck. Yes. <laughs> MAGAF? Yeah, people might get upset because they think you like Donald Trump if you say MAGAF. <laughs> why was that? Um, MAGA as uh, fuck. Oh, because uh, right. MAGA was his thing, wasn't it? Make right, America yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, anyway. Yes, it
1: was. Okay. So. Well, that, well, Biden that, just that? I think uh,
0: the fact that will annoy, <laughs> annoy people is reason enough to use it. So we're going to go for MAGAF, which is, which is Microsoft, uh, Apple, Google, Amazon, Facebook. Of which Facebook is actually a fair bit smaller than the rest, but it's still huge.
1: Yeah, do you want one of these? They're white. Jameson's? No,
0: I'm good. No. All right. You just sort yourself out, mate. There's, there's not, much, not that much left anyway. Um, and, you know, I collated it. Well, Amazon brought in, this just, just, is just Q1, brought in over $100 billion in revenue. That's pretty um, good. But they don't have much uh, margin because most of it is just you buying pointless shite off Amazon, um, of which they presumably make, I don't know, a single-figure percent
1: groceries and stuff
0: yeah exactly or, or or you know t-shirts whatever cack it is that everyone buys i still end up managing to spend hundreds of pounds on the goddamn site every month yeah, yeah. um and so their margin's only seven percent but then within that um you've got aws if it wasn't for aws their margin would probably be like about two percent right because aws margins great and then you've got apple they brought in nearly 90 billion um, oh, and by the way, you know the key thing from this is, is actually a change. So Amazon's revenues, this is this is Q1, and this is year-on-year change. So versus Q1 2020, 44% up for Amazon, 54% up for Apple, 34% up for Google, only 19% up for Microsoft,
1: and 48% up for Facebook. Wow, Facebook did well. I know so all, the, all the pressure it's under, and it's still know, and, and what. But so, this, out- so this this is interesting, though. This you know the, the whole sort of um, let's not advertise on Facebook anymore thing that happened last year when everybody said let's boycott it because of its. Yeah, well, they did all right. That's obviously not really had an impact, then. hasn't they did it all right? It I mean, their revenues
0: are the revenues are like much lower. They're t- twenty six billion compared to obviously Amazon over a hundred, even Microsoft forty one, but look at their profit. Um, So the profit changes are interesting ones. So Microsoft profit change, 15.5 billion, was up 44%. They're the shittest. Their profit's up 40%. They're the shittest of this lot. Then you've got Facebook, whose profits are up 94%. (laughs) Then you've got Apple, whose profits are up 110%. Google's profits up were 163% and Amazon's profits up were 224%. See, I, and that's is, because of AWS.
1: The issue I have with it is, like you were saying, it's not that you you don't want people to succeed, but when you see such a small number of companies reporting these outrageous growth rates and everybody else is there sort of limping along, yeah, know. you know, like crawling towards... And we've just
0: got through the, a, a <laughs> once in a generation <laughs> catastrophe.
1: Yeah, it's you sort of think... Mm, which it's, which a bit, made me a feel, feel shit of all of here. yesterday going on that's, yeah. that's kind of getting worse so. yes
0: well exactly he, and, and he, I'm being honest it leaves me with a conundrum because fair play to them I mean they've largely done it on merit there might have been a little bit of sort of you know like, like I think Facebook's it's mer- always I think getting it's, done for sort of predatory M&A well I think
1: it's merit at first and then it becomes network effects doesn't it yes and, and um, a bit of
0: predatory M&A so yeah. we all know Facebook bought WhatsApp and, and Instagram but everyone let them do it yeah, um, I wonder so,
2: what the new iOS update is going to do to the numbers.
0: Yeah, so the iOS update is to do with like privacy and and yeah. how it's going to enable sort of targeted marketing companies like Facebook and, and Google to sell their main product, isn't it? No,
2: the the phone now is going to ask you, do you want to be targeted across all apps? So it's an opt out it, rather than up be able to Auto, no.
0: yeah. So you, it's easier to opt out, basically. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
2: I'm oh, sorry, f- Facebook was quite pissed.
0: They were. <laughs> and apparently there's been lots of stuff in US press, like Wall Street Journal, New York Times, about how um, Zuckerberg and Tim Cook don't exactly see eye to eye.
1: No, I've heard that as well. But none of these
0: no. CEOs look like people you just go out to the pub with, if I'm honest.
2: I'd like to think they meet somewhere in a cabin and they thumb wrestle.
1: I don't think they're the sort of people, <laughs> of people who go out to the pub. Are they? At all. They get up I, at 4.30. Zuckerberg looks like he doesn't f- go out ever. go for a seven-mile run. <laughs> come back, work 15 hours. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're, no, they're, they're not, they're a, they're a different breed. They are a different breed.
0: Um, so yes, anyway, that's it. we better move it on because we've done like nearly the whole pod and we've only done one subject. Uh, how long have we done, Pierre? 51 minutes. 51 minutes. Yeah. Jesus Christ. All right, better wow. keep the other two short. I know. I, I did that usual thing of not looking at when we started again. But yes, it was about half two, wasn't it? All right, so
1: let's move it on. Um... Content you were going to talk about. Yes.
0: So telecoms companies buying content. So the thing that's catalyzing this is BT's looking to flog BT Sport. That's the main part of the story. And BT Sport, I mean, I remember writing about this when they're doing it. And yeah, football's very expensive. You know, we had all this silliness over this super league or whatever. But the reason that happened is because they thought, well, hold on a sec, there's a lot of wedge here, and too much of it's going to UEFA or whatever. Yeah. Sort of corrupt governing bodies are running it how, how about we trouser the fucking lot yeah which from their point of view you can see it and then everyone got very moral as oh greed oh no what greed in football never, <laughs> never. Yeah, yeah and obviously <laughs> ever since the premier league's been going it's been a ridiculous amount of money you know how much how much it cost do you ever go to high not hybrid it's emirates do you ever go to emirates
2: i've been yeah but usually on the cheap games which were like 20 25 but right, normally it's like, like cup pounds. games or something Yeah,
0: normally what's a normal league game yeah, 100 pounds yeah, 100 quid so 100 quid to get into Arsenal I'm sure it's the same for Spurs which is my team uh, buying a top costs about another 100 quid um, you know and so if you're going to be a, like a dad doing the whole cliche getting your kid into football that's costing you but their real money is through the telly um, and and that's where B, that's where it's relevant to this BT. You know they they got a piece of that. They didn't buy that many games. Probably about ten percent of the games. Something like that, do you reckon?
1: But spent no, a huge yeah, amount. No, yeah, I'd say twenty percent of the Premier okay. League ones. Yeah. Well, they're, they're they're spending. I talked to um, Paolo Pescatori about it. And, uh, and this is
0: his wheelhouse. I mean, I know he talks I, about a bunch yeah, of stuff. Know, but about he really knows Media and telecoms. Yeah, and is, I got
1: on the phone with him, and he was, you know, he's very insightful about it. I mean, he reckons they're spending. Actually, it's in their reports anyway. They are spending up to about a billion a year on rights. Right. It's, it's not just. Money. It's not. It's obviously not just the Premier League. It's across all the things, and then there's rights for some other sports as well. But it's it's. Well, uh, Champions it League is the, probably doing more. Champ- yeah, and right. then you've got you know, but it's not just that. Then you've got studio costs, you know, and all the production that they incur. Talent. Yeah. Yeah. It's a huge amount of money to, to invest, yeah. basically, to have this. Like business. Us. I
0: mean, how much does this studio with us in it? Well, that costs a lot of fucking money
1: right now. And and, and it's, it's not really it's not really paid off God, for the price you know? on it. It's not really paid off for
0: no. Them. And so that's so that's the interesting thing. Isn't just that news in itself. So I want to ask you, um what do you think about the original rationale of telecoms getting into content? Did you were you ever sort of convinced by it?
1: Not really, because it's not something they've ever done very well. You know, it's I think the culturally its just not a core competence. And and content companies, it's like the the at and the big one, isn't it? The AT&T takeover yeah. of Time Warner, which is now Warner. But that's so Warner big, media. they've got
0: to follow through on that, even yeah, if they just become they a media company Comcast, or anything. Yeah.
1: But they're just they're they're culturally very very different things, and. The kind of people that are good at running content businesses aren't the kind of people that are good at running... But what
0: about the the presumed synergy? So the reason they did it... So the other other story that came out this week, again, this was a sort of rumour. I don't think it's necessarily been substantiated that much that um, Verizon was looking to offload its its thing. So, you know, a few years ago, it went and bought AOL and bought Yahoo, which I just thought was hilarious at the time because they're like 90s internet brands. Yeah. Um, granted you know they had some newer shit like AOL had bought some other media brands like TechCrunch and Huffington Post and that sort of thing and Yahoo had some stuff going on I don't know something that some Americans need to consume that Yahoo makes but it's always hard for me to find out what and anyone who insists on putting an exclamation mark in their fucking company name that they've made an instant enemy with me <laughs> um, I certainly won't ever write it that's for sure just like which i won't write the question mark on which either i'm not having it oh yeah yeah. anyway um but i was just like and they were like oh there's advertising and there's network effects and and we've got this audience and that audience and and then there's a venn diagram and you sort of thought
1: well yeah all right but i was just never convinced well i wasn't either and i don't see what the synergies are i mean maybe there is some on the advertising side but i don't see you know unless you have a walled garden which is deeply unpopular these days might even infringe net neutrality rules right. it's not what people do the internet and over the top players have basically completely blown that whole model apart you know you don't gain any benefits from owning a website or a particular bit of content unless you're only, unless you're restricting that to come to customers that come to you yeah yeah you know anybody's so sort of an old or-
0: school sort of bundling concept isn't it it's funny
2: you just mentioned the culture and what you just said now it's kind of a good segue with the Super League you were just talking about. Because they probably, the owners looked at this on paper and they're like, that makes perfect sense, let's yeah. do this. But they hadn't considered the culture and the fans and the, and the enormous world. backlash. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. It was just obviously made in a, in a sort of mahogany-panelled boardroom. Yeah, it's like business guys are like, yeah, this is good they just business. made it on some island that one of them owned in the Caribbean. Yeah. Go, yeah, that'll work. I was just chatting to the lad who cleans the bogs. He seemed up for it. That'll do me as a straw poll. Um, so yes, they, they haven't got a clue. Um,
1: uh, but it's but it's not. I mean, just going back to BT specifically, it's quite yeah. interesting. If you look at their, you know, you might have thought, okay, they own a bit of the Premier League and they've got some Champions League rights and they've got this TV content. They got these Champions, Champions League is, rights, right? There you are. This is this is this is really going to work out for them well in terms of driving consumers to their services and, and you know in terms of what people are spending on their accounts and it's, it's never really been that obvious you know if you look mm. at the I mean I think they started off providing a lot of the stuff free on the tv side generally and then started charging for it well, but if you look at their broadband ARPU and this was pointed out to me by um, another analyst Kester Mann who we sometimes deal with is at CCS Insight it's gone down actually at BT in the last couple of years which is They're the ultimate not, you know, that's
0: the ultimate gauge. Because I mean, yeah. that was the, that was supposed to be the point. You you it's supposed to create stickiness. It's supposed stickiness, to
1: stickiness boost spending. It yeah, hasn't and like done Pierre
0: that. was just saying, he's he's a BT broadband subscriber, and and the sport was is a sort of big part of that for yeah.
2: you. I forgot about the UFC as well. That's on BT as well.
1: I mean,
0: that's true. Yeah, you get the, the only UFC. thing I
1: can think is that maybe they'd have done worse if they didn't have t- the TV and the sports. Maybe they wouldn't have had as many broadband customers. Maybe, as but they maybe Pierre's
0: not a typical. BT subscriber, maybe most people don't give a toss. Like when I had BT, so my broadband's now EE. Funnily enough, yeah, um, which is a they still a different brand from BT. I find
1: it bizarre that you get people phoning you up EE saying EE broadband, you want e- broadband <laughs> when you are on BT. But it's better.
0: Yeah. I've got a better deal than I ever got from BT, so it's Brilliant. really perverse. Um, but when I had BT, I had the sport, and I just never used it. I don't know if it's a product of like the age of my family, you know, my kids are a bit older. Mm. You, you presumably get a bit, bit of Pierre time every now and then where you just get to watch sport. Mm. I just never felt that I got access to the living room telly. Yeah. So even if I wanted to watch the football on BT when I had it, well, the I, other I never thing thing is it's, used it's,
1: it. it. Because it's only, you know, it's only what 10% of Premier League matches. It's quite... Uh, it's like 20%... It's a game at least every weekend. Okay. Sometimes more. There is a game a
0: weekend then, and then, you. then it's but you got to be more into football. now. I mean would you watch like two teams you didn't give a shit about? Are you that interested in football that you Well, would? I
2: mean I I this week this week I watched uh Last night, the night before, the night before. All three, the two Champions League games and the European... Oh, yeah. oh so you're just more into because football. Because they were high, they? They
0: were big games, you know? That's fine, but you're just more into football, so no? that's, that's, that's cool. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't have watched it unless it was Spurs or, or something. No, like sometimes a, on the weekends, it's like investment. Wolves
2: against whatever. And yeah. I'm like, I'm not watching against that. Sheffield. Yeah, I'm not watching that.
1: But, no. but for, ca- for a company spending this much money on rights, yeah, a billion a year, and all the studio costs and all the production costs, there's not been... You know, no. I don't think we could say there's been a good return on investment on what they've done. And the trouble at the moment is that their priorities just lie elsewhere. I mean, they're not doing particularly well, BT. They, they, they've arguably been hit harder by coronavirus than a lot of other operators. Their revenues are down quite a lot last year and profits, relatively speaking. I mean, some companies have obviously done much worse, hospitality and all that lot, but they didn't do particularly well. They got this huge investment program to build fiber to 20 million homes by the mid 2020s, which is going to cost them 12 billion. They've got a 5G rollout going on, yeah, and they're looking at trying to do something with this, team, this this PT Sport business to take it to the next level. You know, knowing that they've got all these competitors coming along from like people at like Amazon and Disney, Wait, what, what what could they possibly do themselves? It's, it's yeah. not a surprise that they've gone. We need a partner. We need to sell some of this, if not the whole thing.
2: Uh, yeah. yeah, going back to the football rights, it's not like the British teams haven't done well as well in the Champions League. Like if you're a uh a fan of Liverpool, any of the whatever four teams that qualify for the Champions League here, if you want to watch the Champions League, you have, that's the only way, you have to get BT Sport. Yeah. And then they did, like two years ago, there were two British teams in the final. Well, this there's is, two still right now. Usually, but, you know, you'd think the fans would eventually well, sign I, up to BT to watch it. No,
1: I this, I mean, Paolo made the interesting point that he thinks the whole business model needs looking at and is, you know, is, is kind of cracking open. You know, and this ESL thing has actually been a bit of a wake-up call for where where, where things go from now. I mean, you were saying how ridic- ridiculous it is that people are talking about greed in football all of a sudden. But Good. Maybe well, this I'm pleased sport- Paolo says that. But the ESL thing, may, he he was saying it's quite interesting because if you look at what the of what what's happened with the with sports rights, see, they've gone up from I think before Gavin Patterson, who was the BT boss, who really sort of led this charge into sport, the year before he took over. You know, Premier League rights alone over a three-year period were about a billion. They've gone up to 5.1 billion last time round. Yeah, I just don't get you know, it. And, and the companies aren't making much money for who are going into this. BT's not made much money from going into this. The other problem that, th- that Paolo made, which I thought was really interesting, is this sort of fragmentation you see, which isn't good for consumers at all. You have to go and get a BT account right. to watch some matches. Yeah, you know,
0: like, so like Pierre's an Arsenal yeah, fan, you yeah. can't be sure... Where he's going to watch the next no. Arsenal game? You know,
1: you might have to. So you've got to get Sky, you've got to get BT. What if Disney comes along with something and bids for some rights? Then all of a sudden, you've got to get Disney as well. It just doesn't work very well. The whole and then setup you got all the players is... dressed up as fairies and stuff. <laughs> I'd I, I pay to see that.
0: <laughs> fairies versus goblins or something,
1: um, like a musicals football, well, seven dwarves. <laughs> but it, but it's. I just think it's. Um, it hasn't. I mean, particularly... Maybe there are examples of operators that have had more success with this model. I don't know elsewhere in Europe, but I'm not aware of them if there are. I don't know any telco that's gone into sports that's really made, or, no. or even even TV, I'm or not sure. Or just content at any. all. So there's, yeah. there's the Verizon thing. So Content, rather, yeah. Yeah, just
0: content. I just, you know, as someone who, as a telco journalist, you sort of feel that you straddle the content and the telecoms. World. Do, you, do
1: you know what I, I think it is? It's just they like the idea of being in that market because it's sexy. I think they like it's, it. it. It's but something th- else. Yeah,
0: But I think the rationale is... I think that a big part of the rationale is this constant, perfectly justifiable fear of commoditization, of, of being a utility. Yeah. Like, here we are, we're just a fucking dumb pipe.
1: Let's How come we... through the pipe.
0: Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. let, let's, have, exactly. let's have some control of that. It's like a water company owning the water as well. But the something.
1: trouble is everybody else can get that as well unless you restrict or, or, that to yourself which only you, can what do you do with, with, with sport but then you have this fragmentation happening where someone has to have several accounts. The, the OTT players are blowing this model apart. Yeah, you yeah. Come along you, you get a BT broadband it's definitely connection, gets, swimming and you pay 5 quid a month and you get Amazon on top of it and Netflix and Disney and you're well, paying 15 pounds for all well, that a also sort of sort that. Of, I know but
0: it sort of goes back to our previous thing about the big tech giants and about what's scary and market distorting about how big they are um, is you now Amazon's into sports content. They've got all the, all tennis, the tennis and all that sort it's of thing. It's one of the
1: reasons I have Amazon Prime. Yeah.
0: Um, and, and, and the coverage is great and they, and they don't fuck around. It they is. just show you the games. Um, and the
2: one day delivery for free. Oh, is pretty it's, great too.
0: I have to say they've done yes. such a good job of it. No, they have. But, but um, they've also got tons of money. The app is awful. Everyone's got tons of money. How can BT compete with Amazon? Yeah, no. Um, well, look at the size of the businesses. as You well. know, Amazon yeah. just go. All right, we'll buy football. You know, with, with this cash we just found down the back of the Amazon sofa. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, Spirit change. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, so that, that just fell out of and they can, they pocket. They can just get
1: things sorted out. It seems so much more quickly. I mean, you were saying the app's awful, and maybe it doesn't. Maybe it isn't as good as Netflix or Disney. But actually, you know, I go to Amazon on the TV. I can find sport quickly. You go down there, Rafael Nadal plays a match and, I, and you miss it and half an hour later it's their replay. Click yeah, on it. Yeah, you yeah. can watch the whole thing. That's pretty good. Because, you know, it's, because
0: I've heard Amazon's quite good at cloud. Mm. So they, they can store it all on their own. You know, Amazon, you know,
2: they just bought Whole Foods like it was nothing. You know, like, yeah, know, yeah. As a pet project.
0: Yeah, just so they could... Maybe it was so
2: a like, misunderstanding like Jeff Bezos asked for something from Whole Foods <laughs> and they're like, oh, sorry, I, <laughs> I thought, thought you meant by the company. And you go, oh, don't worry
0: about it, mate. It's fine. Just a couple of belts. How much was it? <laughs> Couple yeah. of bills. Just, What's that between mates? Put on my tab. Uh, well, quite. <laughs> um, so, yes, there's a certain – and we're going to keep talking about this because there's a certain market – when you get to a certain size, this is kind of going back to the old thing that I was trying to move on, but, you know, as I'm meandering, the, the fact about – this is kind of how I reconcile my doctrinal free marketism with the need to keep an eye on these people. It's because you get to a certain size and you, it, it, there's like a gravity. You just It's like a black hole. There's just an intrinsically distorting quality to just your size. Yeah, you do anything at all, it's going to distort markets all around it like a black hole. Yeah. because you just can't help it because no one can compete. You can just chuck money. We also, at also it. start and, uh, seeing like conflicts of
2: interest. You know, like like NBC owns, uh, NBC broadcasts the Oscars, for example, and NBC obviously is the same company as Disney, and so then there was this whole thing about like the Oscars starting to push Disney movies and people were like why are these Disney actors coming to talk even though there's no but, Disney uh, movie nominated. It's,
1: it, it's, so, um, but 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 I think one of the problems with BT's, and this gets to your point about you can't compete with them, BT's sports service is a part of its TV service, yeah? And apart from sport, it's pretty thin, yeah? There's not a yeah. lot that they have, actually, that you'd want to sign up for. No. Certainly not compared to going to Disney or Netflix or, or, Amazon. or Amazon or all these offerings where you can get almost anything you want, really, at the moment.
0: And whenever you want. Like yesterday, when I was really feeling it with this vaccine, like after I just about got some vax, some Nokia quarterlies out of my system, <laughs> I just slunk into bed in the spare room, lobbed on Netflix and watched about four episodes of IT Crowd because that's about all I felt capable of doing. I think I nodded off while I was doing it. Uh, so yes, um, yeah, to draw a line under that and move on. Uh, I'm not surprised to see them pulling out of it, not just because of the market forces we're talking about now. But I think the strategy was a bit shit to start with. The remaining one is AT and because they're the ones who've bet so much bigger. I know BT spent a lot on football rights, and I know Verizon spent a bit on M and A of, of Yahoo and AOL. But none, none of that comes close to what AT and spent on no, time. Do you know how much
2: BT Sport is per month here for the app? No, eleven pounds a month.
0: Is
1: it? So they it used to be to-
2: seven, and they went from seven to
0: eleven. And they want you to pay more <laughs> for that than you do for Netflix. Exactly. Or for Amazon. Or Amazon. Yeah, that's
1: right. true. Amazon, yeah. where you get all your groceries. Yeah, yeah. Any, with you no still have charges. to pay for the groceries, to be fair. Yeah, but, but for <laughs> free delivery. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and any, all the content they've got, all the tennis, you know. And also... Six uh, quid, seven quid or something B- at the moment. BT I mean, Sports used to have all of
2: the UFC. Now, the really, really big fights, you have to pay extra on top to
0: watch it live. Yeah, it's just not going to work. So this, and, this is the and, problem. And, and, right? and
2: you could buy the... If, if I wanted to, I could also just subscribe to the UFC app. Right. and that will give give me
1: everything. Yes. I was say, the problem is here I am sort of saying how wonderful Amazon is. <laughs> and that, that's that's the issue, isn't it? You know, that we well, we we realize these companies are I too powerful. Well, as we but I've chatted yeah.
0: about. Well, it's going to be even worse for me because certainly sometime in May I'm going to publish my book on Kindle direct publishing.
1: Shameless plug. And then Shameless you, plug. Then you really are a slave to the Amazon. Uh, identity crisis, look out for it. Um, Is that what it's called? Identity crisis, yeah
0: Um, And, you know And one of the reasons I'm doing it Is because I don't like the thought It remains to be seen whether anyone thinks the book's any fucking good But I just don't like the thought The way publishing works You know, is they take most of your cash The way things are going now People can just trash your book if it becomes controversial If it becomes a little bit But if you you get sued, they'll help (laughs) I don't know, I'm just not sure what they do They just seem quite parasitic Whereas KDP, you can get like 70%, you know, let's say you stick it up on Amazon for a fiver, you get 70% of that, Hmm. £3.50. Whereas I think going through the publishing
1: route, you end up with like 10% or something in your pocket. about right. Um, I used to work in book publishing. Oh, okay. That sounds about right.
0: Right, that sounds about right. Yeah, after after all that, you know, and then you've got agents and various other other middlemen. Um, But then I am selling my soul to Amazon if Amazon decides that they don't like what's in my book, what the fuck can I do about it? Yeah. Anyway, let's cross that bridge when we come to it. I, I mean, I'd welcome the chance for it to be so contentious that Amazon felt like it had to do something about it. Let's, um, we'll start trending. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Let's uh, move on. Uh, we've, we've done like over an hour already, haven't we? Yeah. Um, space. We'll make it quite quick on space because there isn't that much to say. I am going
1: to... Interesting space movie last night. What was that? Stowaway. Yeah. Pierre and I were just talking about it before you came oh, in. I, I, I haven't heard of that. It's a new Netflix it,
0: film. No. Is it, would you recommend it? It's like I, I, a Netflix original, it. is it? Yeah. yeah,
1: but it's reasonably good. Tony Netflix Colette is releasing it, a one know, new movie. I like movie Tony Collette. Yeah, I think it's very well acted. Muriel's Quite a um, great um, film. There's a moral conundrum in it that they have to um, oh. address. It's not not, not sort of a, an action-packed film. It's quite slow. We
0: watched we watched a series that wasn't bad. I think it was on Amazon. <laughs> Going back to the central theme, isn't It it is on one of them. Um, the Overlord. It's on one of the magafs. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, called 000. Oh yeah, uh, oh yeah. Good. We talked about this already. Yeah. Oh, oh, we've done, done this, have we? Check that okay. One out. All right, then let me uh, get back to space. I thought
2: it wasn't on Amazon here.
0: Uh, yeah, well. It, it, oh, maybe it was on Now TV. Yeah, it wasn't that. Was TV. it? But oh, they were talking about it being one. on Amazon. It's on one, Amazon in the US. Yeah. Yeah. Now TV
1: Sky's one, yeah, Sky's. TV. That's right. So wait, it's, I
0: subscribe to that as well. I probably chuck about twenty or thirty quid a month into TV. The just the the sort of what they call it. God, it's gone. I'm going see now. Um, the video on demand. Oh. SVOD. Svod.
2: There we go. Uh, Running with the space uh, subject. I looked at the Starling prices. It's hundred dollars a month, but you have to fork. 500 pounds 500 dollars sorry up front for the kit the the dish
0: okay starting okay thank you for it getting is me investment. back on track what a good producer pierre is so um it's not cheap and, so and you stories. get about 80
2: meg down it's pretty good that is good yes yeah, in the middle of nowhere it's more but than i get from bt it's not for poor people in africa you know so
0: no, but it might be. I mean, eventually, it, maybe. And, and you never know what the strategic considerations are of these people like Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk. They might decide it's worth chucking ten billion, uh, uh, appearing philanthropic, but also, because it helps them in other areas. I'm thinking like these these
2: things will be good in countries that are oppressed and you know, like where they regulate the internet. But then. Yeah. How do you get that dish in the country? But in the you first still place? need you what still need ground infrastructure. You know what I mean? And then you, how people, do you hide the dish, you know? There'll be people driving yeah. around
0: going, What's that dish doing? Yeah, like are you yeah.
2: in Venice, this would never be allowed in Venezuela or no, in some right. countries in Africa, no way.
0: So um, so two stories I wrote, I wrote a headline that said you SAC SAT chucks five hundred fifty million dollars into the one web bottomless pit. One web is a company that went bankrupt two years ago and they're into a thing called low earth orbit LEO satellites which is which is what um, the Elon Musk company Starlink uh, SpaceX mm. does and SpaceX is actually the the first mover yeah um, and they've already got about a thousand of these little dudes up there
2: but it's it's such like a, a mundane thing for them I didn't realise like oh yeah we launch like every week they launch a 60 launch, it's whatever. like a yeah, just lob them up there
0: yeah and low Earth orbit means less than uh, 2,000 kilometers, I think. So mm. these are huge distances, but obviously space is pretty fucking huge. Apparently. It's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
2: apparently it's <speaking. laughs> big. Uh,
0: so in that context, they're not so huge. Um, but I think like geostationary, like the, the old satellites from the 80s, they're like hundreds of kilometers up. So these are nowhere near them. Um, But low-earth orbit, anyway, it's become a bit of a thing. So OneWeb is an interesting one. One of the reasons they're interesting to us as English people is, or British, I should say, is that our government bailed them out. We like bailing out failing companies. We do nowadays. Um, And, uh, yeah, um, this is about two years ago. Oh, yeah, it was the start of the pandemic. Because they just seem to always need more money.
1: Oh, some Indian investors involved.
0: Yeah. So it was the British government and it was um, Tata, something like that. Or... or no, it's... It, it yeah, yeah,
1: that's true. Sorry. Sorry, it's India. It's one of the two. Sorry, India, I'm confusing or, or, or your big tech company. <laughs> um,
0: I think I've probably written it somewhere. Um, Barty Global. There we are. Got there, not Tatar. Before the Tata people Sorry. write in. Um... And, uh, and SoftBank got involved before they went bankrupt, and they got involved again, because SoftBank, he doesn't give a shit. He just chuck money at everything. Yeah. Except me. If you
1: make enough bets, a couple of them will work out. he's just a complete gambler. Yeah. He's
0: the sort of person who goes to Vegas and just puts a mill on red. <laughs> just, fuck, it doesn't even look. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, and then, and then the story was that Utelsat, which is, uh, I think, a French um, satellite company, decides to chuck half a bill into the pot
1: isn't it yeah is it sort of pan-european thing you tell us that or yeah I think, it think it's hq in France right. but yeah
0: it probably is pan-european everything's got to but be pan-european like,
2: but. like Ian was saying sorry to sorry to interrupt what's what's the who's the end customer on this
1: for this of all these LEO things Well, no no yeah. one web in particular
0: well but that's a good point because I was looking uh, I'm going to lead up to this actually because there's a reason I started looking into it which is I wrote a headline that said, "You tell sack Chucks 550 million into the one, one web bottomless pit." It's a typical Scott sort of slightly RC headline. But you know, I didn't just make it up, but it's called a bottomless pit, because the only time I ever write about one web seems to be with them just getting another half a bill off someone. Yeah It just seems to be a bottomless pit. Um, anyway, and then uh, someone commented, and they said, "Really? what a dumb headline." It is very far from, quote, a bottomless pit. OneWeb is heading to be a fully funded equity and no-debt global operator by mid-22. What went before has gone. Making OneWeb under its new owners and management the best LEO economics in the market. I thought that sounds a bit propagandary. It
2: sounds like somebody who works there. Uh, who
0: was this? Who Who is this person? <laughs> then? It's called Chris McLaughlin. M- McLaughlin? Something like that. Um, <laughs> and then I went and Googled him, and it turns out he's their main flack, he's their main comms. Right. Guy.
2: Okay.
0: <laughs> Could have put a different name. <laughs> well, well, no, but fair play to him. I mean, his, his email address was at oneweb.com. Oh, there you go. Okay. Um, anyway, and so I just answered. So he, yeah, you know, he'd given us that sort of canned, that boilerplate, we're going to be great. And I just said, Is that what you were saying before you went bankrupt? <laughs> and he hasn't responded. And I just thought, you know, I mean, it's a bit of a glib thing. I'm sure there's lots of reasons why it's a different situation. I think what I was really just trying to point out to him is like, look, if you want to, if you want to get cute, don't do it in the fucking comment section.
1: I just don't understand what one web's supposed to be. Who is it, Who is supposed to be serving? Well, yes. Or, so yeah. Um, so
0: that's what I was leading up to. So looking into this before I gave him a bit of lip on the comments, I thought let's find out who this Chris McLaughlin is. And he he'd gone on um he'd gone on a BBC thing with Evan Davis talking about the satellite industry. And he he he'd been um, lobbying well, or communicating quite a lot about the whole thing, and he was saying that we're mainly like a B two B like for businesses and all that sort of thing. So we all assumed that Elio was basically um, connecting the unconnected. You know, that Google Google Loon or whatever. Yeah. Just all these people who can't get. Fixed line,
1: yeah, and I understand Google Loon and, and Facebook Aquila or whatever it is. It, all that stuff it mixed up, probably, but yeah, yeah I, I yeah. can understand why those companies. So it's, I thought it was in connected. that general mix, and, and f-
0: maybe it is. Yeah, but, but it's British. But yeah, it happens to be British. Although to the extent to which it's British it's diminishing so is diminishing by the day.
1: People who still wear kilts and and, and say <laughs> yeah. we want our freedom. <laughs>
0: yeah. sort of like a <laughs> smart distillery. Or something, um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, he didn't go into detail on this thing I listened to, but he was talking about um, like a more B two B thing, right? And I'm just trying to imagine, you know, we've got all this industry for B- businesses 0, in the Highlands, wh- whatever point we're at with industry. Um, no, he didn't specify the Highlands. Y-
1: those businesses in the Highlands definitely need satellite connectivity, though. I could see well, yes, a need for sort that. Of Goat farming yeah. or
0: something. Um, but yeah, I don't know that I can sort of. You know, this is a sort of limit of our own imagination, but I I can imagine there are times where having absolutely seamless, geographically unconstrained connectivity would be a useful thing. Mm. Not having to hand over from one cell to another. You know, IoT, we know there's not much money in IoT, but obviously a big thing with IoT is crossing borders. You can't have to, you you can't be dealing with shit like roaming with IoT, can you?
1: No. See, I can see a need for um, satellite maybe in a market like. India, perhaps, in yeah. some instances, where they don't have fixed-line infrastructure. I bet infrastructure. there's
0: loads of massive cities that but, have buckle-all yeah. infrastructure
1: there. Yeah, and, and maybe even outside the cities where you have you know, a, a, a growing middle class, don't you, in India? It's a bit like China, the middle class. Yeah, bigger. bit they like don't China have fixed was 10 years ago. If you can do it, if you can put these satellites up there and, and your costs per home passed or whatever, it, it, however it's measured in that instance, is lower than digging up streets and putting fibre lines down... And then you can provide a really competitive service as well. Okay, I get it. But that never really worked out for satellite in the past. No. So it's like,
2: it's like we're, we're happy it's there, that thing, but we're not sure what it's
0: for. So there's two things about LEO versus normal. So there's LEO, MEO, and GEO or something like that, which is just like concentric layers of an onion yeah. further away from the surface of the earth. Think about LEO, there's a couple of advantages. I mean, the biggest one that I got from day one was um, latency. Ping, yeah. Yeah. Um, So, you know, we we know that there's just just the speed of light. So physical distance has has an effect. And LEO is a hell of a lot closer. So the amount of time it takes for a signal to go up to the satellite and back down again is a lot less than it is to go up to a great big old 80s geostationary thing. Um, And there's thousands of these things all swarming around the place.
1: Yeah. Um, creating a lot of space debris.
0: Well, yeah. So I'm going to lead up. That's, that's 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 the other thing. Oh yeah, that's the other thing I learned from from looking into this guy Chris who was trolling me on the comments. Um, one web. So there, there was the other story I wrote is that SpaceX gets approval to lower its LEO. So It was a it was applying to the FCC, the American telecoms um, regulator. It had a licence to send a shitload of satellites up to about a thousand kilometers and it wanted them to send up more like 500 kilometers because that's where all its ones are and apparently you know if you're clever like elon musk you want them all together so they can all buzz around like like little fucking satellite insects or chatting to each other and and everyone else one web included including this lad chris who's who was hassling me on the comments we're just going, nah, you can't let that happen. That's bullshit. It'll all end in tears. And there was a thing about a week ago where they, they claimed that that a one-web satellite and a SpaceX satellite nearly crashed into each other. Right. And, and the hmm. thing is, the only way, you know, if you think about the physics of orbit, they don't just sit there. They've got to be whizzing around. Yeah. Because the centrifugal force has to counter the gravitational force. Yep. So there's a certain precise speed they have to go at in order to stay at a certain altitude
2: and then you get the movie Gravity
0: the disaster right I've never seen that
1: yeah that covers all well, that, that, that that's, that's yeah. basically the consequence of OneWeb is it the consequences know? of OneWeb for Sandra Bullock Chris McLaughlin was involved in making that film no he, he'd have been he'd have been opposed to it <laughs> so this is bad this is bad PR for OneWeb right there film. we
0: are I might have to write a shitty comment <laughs> <laughs> on their story um and uh, yeah, so these things are buzzing around. And obviously, if there is any aggro, it's looking like it's a bit congested there. And if they start smashing into each other, obviously there's the, the deb- worry about stuff no, raining the- down on us. Well, it's but they can all start the, yeah, taking the, chunks out of each yeah, other.
2: And the debris hit another thing and another exactly. thing. Exactly. Yeah. It's, there's a it's name all just for it. whizzing
0: around. It doesn't just, the debris doesn't just sit there, it's whizzing around. Yeah. So they were lobbying it. And so the FCC has decided, nah, you're all talking shit. Go ahead, Elon send them down to 500 kilometres instead of 1,000 kilometres. So his
1: Starlink thing... Yeah. What, what's that all about, then? Who's, well, that's who's, the same thing. But who's he trying to serve?
0: I don't know the precise business model. Um, another comment, actually... We should give him a call.
1: I might get him on the phone after this podcast, mm. actually. And mm, get Elon. Do so we, so if we see if he wants to come on? If he's not on Joe Rogan skinning up. If he's not on Joe Rogan, he might want to come on the yeah. telecoms.com podcast. It's,
0: it's directly equivalent in terms <laughs> of <much>. reach. <laughs> Um, so yes, so I mean, all your comments are good, all your questions are good, and I don't have the answer of what the business model is for Leo, but people are chucking billions of dollars at it.
1: Well, they're obviously seeing something, and presumably yeah. the people chucking billions aren't stupid people. Some of them, but it's not so. obvious, is it? No, it isn't because it is. Because, because satellite didn't work. I was in, I got into telecoms originally during the satellite heyday. Actually, right. that was I worked for a consulting company called Analysis, and all Analysis their big Mason. projects when I first joined. Back when I was even younger than Pierre is now, were all wow. satellite projects for companies like Iridium and Teledesic. and they had plans. And this was before the days when we had mobile data on on terrestrial networks. I just was so, in so the sixties, yeah. So, so, <laughs> so, so the, the business model made sense then to a certain extent because they, the plan was to put the satellites up and provide internet connectivity for people on laptops and even phones and stuff. And you thought, oh yeah, okay. But then terrestrial came along instead sort of. Destroyed yeah. the destroyed the arrangements, you know the plans. It feels so, like
0: people have been trying to get money of satellites forever. On,
1: and I can see it with marine. I can see it with remote, you know, disaster relief. I can see it in remote areas, but it's very niche for the army. I just don't the yeah. army. I just don't get Military it in role. a in a kind of mass market context no. at so, all. With oh, the improving capability of fiber. The improving capability of five g i don't get what you satellite is we
2: were talking about this uh, before the podcast, and I was telling Ian, there's probably like rich people who have ranches in the middle of nowhere D- they'll be able to
0: afford it yeah and that's and that's all fine, so we're trying to work out is there a mass market thing or is it a b to b thing but where is so one web had got through about three billion before it went bankrupt now it needs about another two billion to get up to this place that this lad was talking and why about.
1: Are they so? why is the British so, government so keen to keep this thing afloat?
0: Well, that's, that's another good question, um, to which I don't have the answer. That's, that's the classic thing. That's a good question, is a way of saying, I don't know. Maybe the British <laughs> government wants to cut all the pipes, like completely cut itself from well, <laughs> the world. I mean, do you know what it comes back to is what we've chatted about a lot on this pod is that telecoms has become an increasingly, yeah, I know, I'm going to wrap it up, mm. uh, become an increasingly political thing. It's strategic. Yeah. And so, you know, especially under the Trump regime with all the talking about Huawei. I was listening to a bloke, there's a tele, uh, Spectator podcast and they got a former MI6 head called Richard Dearlove or something like that. And he was giving it Like To be honest, I found him quite unconvincing. But um, but he was just saying, like, I can't believe Boris Johnson was even going to let Huawei anywhere fucking near our networks. And I was like, well, hold on. It wasn't a problem in 4G. Yeah, but he but he was making it out to this be, to be this black and white thing about how even having a Chinese takeaway near the telecoms network is some kind of all security of a sudden threat. with
1: five G but not with four G.
0: Yeah, and I, it was just too it was just too absolutist, and he just came over as a very political.
1: I mean, look, a lot of the things you can do with four G, you can do with five G. It's not that radical. Well, quite. A break. So, and yet, no one was he, freaking out about so it. So, the before. question for him then would have been, well, either you drop the ball, yeah. or you, you when talk, did it become bad? Yeah, Richard exactly. Dealer? Because it was allowed to build a very big position in the UK market. Exactly. I'm sorry. We're...
0: Um, no, but you know, so that, the fact is strategic. So that, that was this was sort of what to, to answer. Why did the UK government get involved with OneWeb? Maybe they just thought this is a way of seizing back a little bit, yeah, just we control have of these things. Yeah, we have this now. Just so we're involved.
2: Yeah. Um, For the
0: future. So yeah, we better wrap it up there because we've gone longer than even we normally do. So longest we'll uh, one ever. Actually Longest one ever. I don't know, it was all good fun though. Quality. Uh, Quality. (laughs) (laughs) All right, thanks a lot for bearing with us and make sure you join us for the next one.